Welcome to 24 Karis. I am really excited to be here with you today with the team um, of Karis by KJE. I'm Kelly Johnson, the founder and CEO. And at Karis, we believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion requires a 24-7 commitment. And it's one of the reasons why we love having the opportunity to connect with all of the leaders out there who are committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm gonna have um, my special guests, which are really the leadership team at Karis. Um, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your background, maybe kind of think about your why and share your why about why you do this work and why you're so passionate. Who wants to go? I can go first. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Devin Owens-Toller. I lead operations and analytics here at Karis. Um, my background, I, um, came through education. So I have a master's degree in higher education, a PhD in diversity and equity in education. So I really use that um, to inform a lot of our work here around analytics and research, um, but also operations as well. And they call me the calendar queen, I guess. Um, and then my why, um, I went to a predominantly white institution for college, undergrad. Um, it was a very interesting experience. Um, if that's what we want to say. So I, my passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion really started there. Um, and then it was informed by my first job where I worked in another predominantly white um, K through 12 school and really seeing what those students endured and went through, which mirrored my college experience, um, which um, encouraged me to go on and get my PhD. Great. Thanks, Devin. Well, I'm Annalise Alamo, and um, opposite of Devin, who likes data analytics and numbers, uh, in college, I said to my, or before college, I said to my guidance counselor, so what is the degree that doesn't require a lot of math and science? <laughs> and hence, I became a psychology major, which actually worked out really well for me. Um, I'm a people person. I found it very interesting studying um, how the brain works and how people think and react to, to situations, and really formed, you know, my, my desire to, to help um, people communicate better. Um, and I think growing up, having moved to different countries helped a lot with that as well. I was born in the Philippines, but I grew up in a country called Brunei and um, got exposed to that culture and different language and have moved around. After I got married, I um, spent time in London. And so that really helped me diversify uh, myself as far as dealing with other people and cultures, which I think has helped translate in the workplace in the career path that I've gone in, which is in human resources. So I got my psychology degree, spent about 17 plus years before coming to Keras in human resources, different roles, recruiting, um, HR generalist, HR business partner, uh, even did a couple of years uh, experience in the Philippines recently um, serving as the HR director there. So that was a unique experience in itself. Um, got to deepen my culture, my roots, and got my children exposed to that as well, which was uh, a good blessing for us as a family to be able to experience together. So that is probably my why is that because of the the experiences that I've had growing up exposed to different cultures and different people, yeah. um, it really brings passion into what we do here uh, as a firm in, in inclusion and diversity and making sure every voice is heard and how to adapt to different communication styles because we yeah. all are very different from each other. Yeah, yeah, and our team is diverse. It's like, you know, Devin loves analytics. Um, you know, I think you're, Annalise, you're like our Excel project management queen. She's our exactly. driver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, your Excel project 
tracker. Oh, got it. Uh, yeah, and uh, she likes to plan our itineraries weeks in advance. <laughs> um, my why is it's hard to narrow it down to just one, um, but I have a lot of early memories of, you know, feeling like I didn't belong. Um, I wasn't black enough for black for the black community. I wasn't white enough for the white community. And so I think I've, I've just, because of that sensitivity or that feeling like I never fit in any particular world or any particular space, I, I feel like it sort of, it, I took on this role of always looking out for the person who feels left out. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a room, I'm, gonna, I'm constantly like scanning like who might feel alone, who might, who might not feel like they belong. And... Um, because I know what it feels like. I've lived that for so long, and um, I would say that's a big part of my why. It's always who doesn't feel like they fit in and who doesn't feel like their voice matters, um, and that varies by the situation. You know, it's not always about race. It's, it can be about gender or sexual orientation or a different ability, but I'm always trying to look out, and I feel like it's like my responsibility to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big part of my why. And I think it's why all of us share, even though we came into this work in a, for different reasons, um, our whys drove us in a different way. I think we all share a commitment to just culture transformation. Mm -hmm. And um, we talk a lot about culture transformation at Keras, and so we thought we would just shed a little bit of light about what we mean when we say culture transformation. Um, for me, I feel like we focus a lot on this balance between the individual and the organization, but what, what do you all think? Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I, think, I think we all kind of balance each, other, balance each other out as well in which area we focus on more. Um, I think I'm very focused on the individual and how um, employees or people in general will experience what we provide or just experience life, experience how people will experience the organization as well, um, but also how each individual um, feeds into and contributes to the broader organization and their success in culture transformation. Yeah, and I think from my experience, um, having the, the, the privilege of working with business leaders side by side and um, companies that I've worked for, big, small, medium sized, is the opportunity to see what happens in reality. Um, you know, because we have all these programs, we have all these things that we you know, want to do and want to do for our employees and engage them. And we also see the flip side of the pressures of delivering uh, metrics and goals and things like that, that you know, can sometimes um, push the other initiatives aside. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely a we work uh, that we, we always say it's the power of we and yes. it's, you know, um, how we, we work, you know, yes, we're individually can contribute. So we all need to feel empowered mm -hmm. um, that we have an, a, an ability to do something, um, but it's also a collective effort as yes. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think transformation, um, what it what's really important to me is that internal process that internal growth for leaders i probably skew a little bit towards senior leadership because i have seen the impact of a strong inclusive um, empathetic culturally intelligent leader i've seen it in my own career but i've seen it in organizations 
And when leaders transform and they have that aha moment, then the, the cascade, the ripple effect is so huge in the organization. And I'm thinking about a leader that we worked with um, a few years ago. And when we started working with that organization, employees literally described the culture as toxic. Mm-hmm. Like those were the words from employees. And we worked with that leadership team. And over time, you know, I think the leadership team was committed. They wanted to see improvement, but they weren't sure how to, how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there was this realization, this moment that it's like, wow, you know, it starts with us. And I have to change the way that I communicate, the way that I show up, mm-hmm. uh, the way that I make decisions. And eventually I remember the, the senior most leader saying, well, I thought we were doing diversity and inclusion. You're just making me a good manager. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Yeah, that's ding, 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 ding. That's yes. it. Um, so I don't know. What would you tell people when someone says or if someone asks you, like, well, what is culture transformation? Like, what would you, how would you describe that? And what does that mean? Yeah, I get that a lot, actually. Not just, you know, culture transformation, in, but D&I in general. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need it? Why why is this being imposed on me for training? I've gotten several questions like that when, um, you know, I told them, you know, hey, I'm transitioning into focusing on this role. So I wanted to just emphasize to them that, hey, it's really about first educating ourselves, right? What The why. Why is it important? Uh, because there, there's different whys for different people. Mm-hmm. And um, until I think that self-awareness comes about with every individual, like I said, it's individual and then it's us, like it's we together um, collaboratively. It starts with that. So that leader that you talked about, Kelly, that has an aha moment, um, those are key moments that lead to transformation. And transformation doesn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. right? I've had assignments um, in my career that I was tasked to help change the culture of either a team or an organization. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I do that? I started reading books and articles of transformation and all of them have a common theme, right? It doesn't happen overnight. You've really got to get to the heart. Um, and it's not a check the box. I did my team building, I did my diversity training. It's all about um, getting to the heart. And that's what's challenging in the workplace is because we don't usually talk about our feelings or how we feel and you know, sensitive topics, um, but they do matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because we always say an engaged workforce or a happy workforce is a more productive workforce. You'll have less turnover, you'll have you know, more people passionate about what they do. So that to me is the evolution of culture transformation. It happens over time, but it happens with individual commitment and awareness. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. What would you say? For me, culture transformation is really about uh, creating change in the organization, but creating spaces and opportunities, experiences for the individuals, but the organization to really make an, a positive impact on one another, on your teams, but also on the world. So that when employees are coming, whether they're coming into the office or you know the Zoom meeting or what have you, that they feel like they belong, they feel like they're included, they feel like they're contributing, you know, to not just the bottom line, but to the difference that whatever you know product or service your company is providing, they feel like they are contributing to that um, directly. Yeah. I mean, and I think I agree with everything you all said. I think I would just add, and we talk about this a lot, which is uh, culture transformation requires that we engage heads, hearts, 
and uh, feet, right? You mm -hmm. know, or hands. Uh, we like alliteration here, so <laughs> let me rephrase that. Uh, it's head, heart, hands, right? And like the three H's. And, you know, I agree with you, the time piece, right? We get some organizations who are like, you know, well, we want to do this now. We want, you know, roll out that training. Let's get this, you know, launch this strategy. And speed and efficiency is important, but if we want true transformation, it takes time. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we also really try to focus on meeting people where they are and trying to intuitively understand mm -hmm. we see you like we see where you are right now and based on that here's our recommendation based on the goals that you have here's our recommendation on how you're going to achieve what you say you want to achieve um, I'm working out with a trainer right now and <laughs> it's like I got a goal and it's a process you know it requires looking at my eating and my exercise my sleep mm -hmm. the stress management and unfortunately I feel like when it comes to the workplace we look for a lot of quick fixes and I think that's one of the reasons why diversity equity and inclusion work is always met with this like skepticism like is this going to be a flavor of the month? Because my ROI. Yes, because we are just trying to like let's throw this out there, let's yep. communicate on this, or let's do an employee resource event on this topic. But where where are we really trying to go? And and what are the unspoken conversations that need to happen? What are the processes that are getting in the way that are completely opposite of what you say you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. So. Anyone else have anything to add? Yeah, I would just say, you know, that that time commitment, I think, is, is most important. Realizing that a lot of uh, companies are, you know, quick results, one's results, right? And this is something that it just, like I, I mentioned, takes, takes time and commitment. Um, and patience um, that honestly if you're a high performing high achiever maximizer like myself like wants to get things done quickly yeah. it can take <laughs> it can take some patience to say okay I recognize that this process is going to be a process that we're planting seeds mm -hmm. that sometimes we plant seeds that we won't see fully blossom because we either onto something else or you know people transition or what have you mm -hmm. uh, but it's a, a cycle right yeah. it keeps it keeps happening yeah. I think an, uh, another word I want to add is being intentional and just having those intentional, the intentional plan, the intentionality of everything that we do when we're working with an organization, even down to the communication templates. <laughs> everything is very intentional um, because we have to communicate um, what we're doing, why we're doing it, the with them, what's in it for you know each individual, why it's important to the individual and to the organization as well, and making sure that everyone we're bringing everyone along the journey and not kind of dragging them, kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a key word that intentionality and just you know, I, I think it's one of the things that our clients appreciate about us is mm -hmm. that we see around the corner for you, or at least we're trying to, yeah. um, th to the degree that they will let us in. And I think that is what really helps our clients achieve results. So sometimes mm -hmm. the metric doesn't look like it's moving, but there's some intangible results that mm -hmm. are already happening. And I'm reminded of, of a client who, 
you know, their comments on Glassdoor mm. before working with us were not great, Mm-mm. right? But in like less than 12 months, they received their first positive comment on Glassdoor about the company's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so their hiring results uh, from a diverse representation, they may not have improved within those 12 months, but to see positive comments on Glassdoor.com about a company's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion is huge. Mm -hmm. It's even more huge on Glassdoor because normally, typically, mad or negative yes. comments are posted on there. So for someone to take the time to post a positive comment yeah. is, is a huge win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun. Yes. Um, we're giving people a little bit of a sneak peek into our team and what it's like. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this first installment and a behind the scenes look of the Karis leadership team. Stay tuned. We'll be back to talk more about transforming the workplace culture the Karis way.